0: It's, it's recording.
1: Yeah, and now I can, I can record now too. So give me oh. a sec and I, let right. me record. Let me see if this lets us both do it. All right. Hello, everyone. Yeah, we both got it.
0: All right. Sweet. All right.
1: Let's, let's do this.
0: Let's just start right now, man. Let's start Let's go for it.
1: All, All right. right. So I'll, I'll introduce you. I'll do our little intro and then we'll get into it. All right. Is that good? All right. All right. So welcome back, everyone. This is episode 49 of the Amateur Investors. Uh, I've got Adam Meister on the show. I guess a little background on him. Adam has been in Bitcoin for almost a decade. He purchased two Bitcoin in 2013. I'm not sure what the price was then. I I think it's looking like 600 bucks or 200 bucks or somewhere around there. 600 bucks. Uh, Soon after he made his first video on his world famous Bitcoin Meister Bitcoin channel, Adam has been part of over 2,000 Bitcoin related YouTube videos, has been a very popular Twitter feed, uh, also at Tech Balt or Tech Baltimore for short. He's known for having the best guests in the space on audio and video versions of his One Bitcoin show. He knows the strongest of hands from around the globe and has been a Bitcoin speaker at events. or on just about as every continent. He has sold his house and travels around the world, living the Bitcoin lifestyle, going from one Airbnb to another. His straight talk and catchphrases are legendary. He's never sold a Bitcoin for fiat and continues to buy and hold to this very day. Adam stays familiar with all the current events in the Bitcoin space and comes up with his own very unique takes that often go against the status quo. There's nothing generic about Adam. You will always get original content and ideas from him. Adam, thank you for coming on the show, and I hope that was a good introduction.
0: Dude, be a unique beast, pound that like button, everybody. I am pumped for this, Chris, dude. Oh, man. Oh, man. I'm so happy to be here today.
1: Yeah. So I'm so happy to have you. So pretty crazy. I've been going through a lot of content over the weeks. I, my Bitcoin journey, personally, my, my record listeners know, I started really like last June. My, my claim to fame is three days after Michael Saylor bought. He bought like June 4th. I bought like June 7th. He didn't make the announcement until August. So oh, I, I know. didn't know he made the buys. Um, but yeah, I was going down the rabbit hole, you know, listen to We Study Billionaires with Preston Pish listening to Alex Fetsky's podcast, listening to the Bitcoin Matrix podcast with Cedric Young. And no joke, I listened to your episode probably two or three days ago. I was driving back from work and I was like, wow, this dude is awesome. I would love to interview him one day. Lo and behold, you know, uh, our sponsor is Coinbeast. So John from Coinbeast recommended you. And I'm like, oh, Adam from Coinbeast. And then I'm like, oh wait, that's Adam Meister. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I get the privilege to interview this dude. Thank you to John. So I am ecstatic to have you on the show. Thank you for coming together.
0: Yeah man, Coin Beast, be a unique beast. John gave me this shirt in fact. John gave me this this up. This is a Coin Beast one of a kind shirt. Maybe someone should make an NFT about. I told John he's got to sell these things, man. People want this. Look at this. That unique beast uh what's that that animal called the uh, the hedgehog the uh... <laughs> <laughs> the armadillo no 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 it's the uh the, it's the panda uh, no 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 I, I, it's the, the specific uh, it's a it's i can't i can't think of its name now it, it doesn't matter but what was the question what was the exact question there <laughs> I've, I've lost track of uh yeah
1: no so i was just kind of saying how i listened to it. i was so excited to listen oh, yeah, yeah, yeah i mean
0: you you listen to spetsky that is a now that's a hardcore guy you're yeah. freaking if you knew spetsky um Dude, he's he's shut out of Australia right now. He can't even get back. I got to meet him in person. He's a great guy. Alex is a hardcore bitcoiner. Has been on my show many times. So you you definitely I mean, dude, you you've been in this longer than a lot of people. Trust me, it's been it's been a year. What, it's been fifteen months, sixteen months for you, whatever it's been. Trust. It's it, last it, June, so yeah, fifteen it, months. It, it, you become an OG very quick. I when I when I uh, bought my first Bitcoin back in twenty thirteen, I was like, I'm so new, I'm so new, and now I'm like a great grandfather. So dude. you'll be. You'll be grandfatherly soon. People come and go from this space all the time. So I'm, I'm, I'm really happy to be here. And you're definitely in motion if you've already met John from Coinbeast and everything. And- um, yeah, let's, let, let's do this, man. Let's, uh, I'm, I'm excited. Any any questions? Throw them all out there for me. Baby. Yeah,
1: so, I just, uh, so while listening to Cedric's podcast, I got a little bit of your upbringing, but I guess I want you to say, what's your upbringing? What's your family? Uh, where did you go to college? And then kind of what led you to Bitcoin ultimately? I know that's a lot thrown at you, but if you want to just give me a synopsis of your life. I grew <laughs> up in the
0: suburbs of Baltimore <laughs> um, in, a, in a typical middle-class Jewish family, of Baltimore County. We were the middle of the middle. And my parents, God bless them, they did every, sent us to private school, everything that you're supposed to do in suburbia, in in, uh, Baltimore. And it was a beautiful experience. I went to private school, then I went to, and then I did what I was supposed to do as the good young Jewish son, getting to the best freaking college possible for a B student. (laughs) And that was, uh, and somehow Washington University in St. Louis let me in their doors. I don't know why I did well in the SAT. That's probably what I did. Okay. On the SAT better than all B, I mean, my grades at uh, private school weren't that great as I alluded to. And uh, I I was just uh, living the typical (laughs) <laughs> middle class, not, uh, not thinking very much, uh, partying in college. I made it to Wash U, so I must be awesome, and uh, let's party, and I'll get a great job just because I went to Wash U. And, uh, well, afterwards, uh, you know, you, you actually have to work to get a job. You I mean, they, they just don't come to you and beg you to come work for them. Although you probably think that because you you know you, you work hard, so hard in high school you're like oh it's everything's guaranteed after this I'm going to the group school <laughs> everything everything's gonna work out for me now especially this was a while ago now it's terrible I mean like you go to college and it's you're in horrifying debt and uh, no one's really it, it's it's really hard to get a job now apparently well certain certain types of jobs it, excuse me excuse me because in, in fact you know because of the, the dislocation that we're currently going through it's, it's probably you know but uh, we'll get into my prerogative of going to college now. Back then, it was a good idea. It was good with networking. I made a lot of friends. I had a lot of great experiences and everything like that. And I got into um, making web pages about the Baltimore Ravens. I loved I love the Ravens, I love the Orioles and um, you know t- typical Baltimore kid. Uh, and but that was a good thing. What I did all my free, besides drinking and partying, um making the web pages was a Good idea. Teaching myself HTML was a good idea because I was able to. Um, Washu didn't get me these jobs. I mean, if you go to the career resource center at Washu, they, you know, they, oh, you can work for Anderson Consulting. You can work for Budweiser. You can work for all these huge. And I didn't want to do it. At that point, I, I didn't know. I, you know, these long-titled names. I was a marketing major, and I, but I love the internet. And I thought there should be some, you know, the internet is growing. There should be internet jobs, not Budweiser jobs, not Anderson Consulting jobs. So I, I did, I had to do my own research <laughs> and I got a job in, uh, I got a job in New York and uh, and then in uh, Silicon Valley. And uh, it was fun. It was uh, the, a lot of, lot of good learning experiences out there. These are two most expensive places to live in the United States. And back then, they were awesome places. Now, they're, they're totally locked down and you're like a slave. I mean, it's, it's horrible. It's in Manhattan and San Francisco now. It's a, it's, a, it's a freaking joke. I mean, then it was, oh, San Francisco so beautiful. Um, you know, Palo Alto, beautiful. Manhattan, beautiful. Uh, but uh, afterwards, uh, you know, I decided I, I wanted to work for myself eventually. And uh, because I felt my bosses weren't as internet sophisticated as I was, um, they they were kind of stuck, even though they were at uh, dot coms, they were kind of in traditional mode still. And I guess I'm a free spirit. I'm, I've always been a unique beast, even though I've been, you know, I, I've done some pretty mindless things in the past. I have, I followed the crowd in the past, but I've always been a, a, a little different. One, you know, I did get into the dot com thing when everybody was working for Anderson and Budweiser and and, and all that stuff. Uh, so I, I, I wanted to work for myself. I, I grew tired of my bosses. And it's it's kind of reminiscent of now, you know. There are there are some people that join the space, the 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 cryptocurrency space, the Bitcoin space, that are still trying to do things the the former way. And because we have such a a a big social media presence out there, those people get attacked now, so they quickly change their ways. But back then, you you could carry on the old ways until you were just a total failure. But anyway, I left the old ways totally. I became my own boss. I did my own little internet company. I I just, I, I got into a, I made up an idea called technology in Baltimore tech Balt where I wanted to get technology people to buy up a bunch of houses on one block in Baltimore. And it kind of morphed into just like, we're going to, we're going to buy a bunch of houses in a bad neighborhood and live in them. It won't have anything to do with technology, but we'll still keep the name tech Balt and made some news. I got into community activism stuff. I partied a lot. It was fun a lot of women, a lot of drinking, um, but it was, I really learned how, how it, how it all worked. You know, these, how, how corrupt these politicians were and how bad Baltimore City could be, how dirty it could be. Um, but it, it gave me a lot of freedom and I, I worked for myself. I just made my own schedule. It was, it was awesome. It really was awesome. And uh, eventually though, uh, <laughs> you know, we had the, uh, we had the economic, uh, Crisis in 2008, 2009. And there were all these doomers out there. And I must say, I was different than most people in that I did not really follow traditional economic media back then. I was following like the doomer media, which wasn't the best thing to do, but it did open my mind to new perspectives uh, like Doug Casey. Um, and through the doomer media, the people that just kept saying the world is going to end, we're having this economic crisis. Um, I found out about Bitcoin. Um, so that's that's my, my, my long journey to Bitcoin. That's where I'm from. Um, of course my my by my, my Baltimore family did not let like me living in the ghetto. So when I, I finally when I left the, the ghetto of Baltimore, they were happy about that. Um, I told them about Bitcoin. They didn't really get it. Told my friends about Bitcoin in 2013 at a Thanksgiving party, um, right after I bought my first two. Um, they didn't do it. I told I, I kept reminding a couple of them in, in 2016, it, they still you know didn't didn't get it. Um, I kept on buying and buying um, throughout 2013, 14, 15, 16, and um, yeah. So I just can do whatever I want to. No, I <laughs> so when when you get into a position like me, you're in the Bitcoin overlay. You can say whatever. you want. So on my Twitter, I don't, I don't, I don't care politically what I say. I, fitting in is overrated. No one can cancel me because I, you know, I've never sold a Bitcoin for fiat. Never. Like so. I mean, again, I was. I, so I didn't get disappointed with Bitcoin. I started buying Bitcoin when it was 600 and it was a thousand at the end of, in December of 2013. And then it crashed to 200, I didn't, you know, I, I kept on doing, it. I kept on making the shows. It's all, the proof is in the freaking pudding people. You watch, go to disruptmeister.com. You'll see, I kept on making the shows. I kept on buying and uh, yeah. <laughs> That's Here we uh, are now. Yeah, exactly. Here, here we are talking about it and uh, it's, you talk, you know what I wanted to say? You, you talk about you bought on the day that Michael Saylor bought, or a, a couple of course, days after. <laughs> yeah, we did not know that was going on. When the story came out in August or September, it was yeah. in August of, of 2020. I was in Asheville, North Carolina. And I said right then, I didn't even really know his name yet. It's just the story it was MicroStrategy has bought Bitcoin for its uh, Treasury reserves or whatever. And I said right then this is the biggest story of the freaking year. This is we've been waiting for this. This is one of the steps. This is one because before then I could literally always say, it's still early. It's still early. You can get in. It's so at that point, it was not super early anymore. Thing, things had changed at that point. Like it's not super early anymore. 2013, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. It, it, it was super early, relatively. But it's not it's still early though. It's still pretty early. But you know, you, you see that you, the bell curve chart. And yes. we're, I mean, the adoption on, curve chart, yeah, yeah, the adoption curve chart, and um, yeah, it's uh, we we've moved along a little bit, but we're still, you know, still low, so still still, 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 still pretty, uh, still pretty much toward the beginning. So I mean, you got in at a great time; it's it's fine, uh, and yeah, that's uh, that, that that's that's where we are today. I, I haven't changed my tune. It's just you know, you know, at first when I got in though, I did think you were supposed to do something with your Bitcoin. But I quickly learned, you do nothing. You just buy and hold. I mean, it's you know you, you see this thing, you're, it's like this awesome new technology. I was so, I got interested in it because it was, when I, I should have said this, when I got into alternative websites and Doug Casey, alternative economic websites, that's when I, I learned about, you know, anarchy. They don't necessarily need a government per se. I I definitely had never opened my, even though I was a unique beast, I, it never occurred to me that uh, government was just not, necessary like I just thought government was very important until 2008 and 2009 so that 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 was a very big uh, that was a big turning point in, in my uh, in, in my career uh, definitely uh, back then that, that, that that's that's one of the big things I got out of the economic crisis that government intervention is horrifying and so I uh, I loved when I heard about and I always loved the internet so, internet money, non-governmental money. This thing sounds awesome. I didn't yet grasp unconfiscatable, but I love the freaking unconfiscatable. That that's that's a that's a very important part uh, of it to me too. And, and decentralized, uh, that you, you you can't take it away. No one can. Uh, change it all. I And I did like the uninflatable aspect of it too. Um, I, I did I did understand uh, the, you know, I, I wasn't a conspiracy buff in terms of like blaming everything on the Federal Reserve, but I did understand that the United States dollar keeps on printing, printing, printing. And this thing, they say there's only going to be 21 million. So I was like, this is it, man. I know this is going to be. And uh, when the internet revolution started, I was a little too young. And I was like, I regretted that I couldn't get all those dot com stocks and buy Yahoo and buy, buy well, not Yahoo, but buy Google when it was, you know, coming out. And I was like, this is my freaking chance. You only live freaking once. And I really ramped it up in 2016. I really ramped up my buying in 2016. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not losing this once in a lifetime opportunity. Um, you know, I, I thought, you know, there was only gonna be one internet revolution. Now we're getting a second one. 20 years later, and I'm not a kid, and I can do this, and I did it. I didn't just talk the talk. I freaking walked the walk. And some people still can't get that concept. Some people still don't understand that I really did it. That, you know, But some people still love to philosophically theoretic, theoreticize about why they shouldn't buy Bitcoin. I'm like, you freaking know coin. I mean, you come up with every freaking excuse possible. Just freaking do it like Michael Jordan, okay? Pound that light. If you're gonna keep on making excuses, you're gonna have fun staying poor, I guess. And my my moment was definitely 2016 when I really ramped it up. I'm like, it's this is it. I mean, what else are you gonna do? I'm not just what's there to why have a bank account? Why have money in my bank account when you know I know it's inferior to Bitcoin? So uh, yeah, I, I went all in to say the least in 2016. <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, I
1: think that couldn't be more perfectly said. I mean, you've got people like Jamie Dimon. This is like, I didn't even plan this. He just said this a few hours ago that he's like, Bitcoin's worthless. And obviously he doesn't get it and he doesn't see it.
0: Oh, Uh, yeah. He's a very smart man who might be saying that. I think he he owns some. He's gone back and forth a little bit. And guys his age who were gold bugs and stuff, They say things like that and they're not buying Bitcoin. He's, but I think he's buying Bitcoin. He's just trying to put, uh, you know, fluff his bags basically before he makes a full
1: announcement. You think?
0: Who knows? knows? He's, he's a smart guy, but uh, plenty. He's going to lead a lot of people to make, because people put people like him on pedestals. Okay. So um, they're going to be people. Well, Jamie Diamond said it sucked. So uh, that reassures their, uh, their previous opinion. When in fact, I think he's. I think he's buying it. I mean, he, he he said some. He said a lot of bad things about Bitcoin in the past. And there were some recent times he said some okay things. My advice to everyone with Jamie Dimon: don't don't put him on a pedestal. Don't worry about what that dude has to say. Okay, um, just like you can't worry about China fun. How many times have I lived through China out on Bitcoin, man? Everything's old. Oh, it gets. Oh, it gets real old. It it, it it's like so frustrating. It, it's it's unbelievable. Uh, and now. I, I would just assume this has to be the last time <laughs> but, but, I mean but you know, str- stranger things I've, I've seen stranger things in space I mean that people fall for that people it, God, people just gotta use their freaking heads. All right sorry continue no no,
1: no problem. Uh, I think it, it was very interesting that you said I know we're a little bit uh, in an age gap. I think you graduated in the late 90s early Who knows?
0: graduated it's a secret
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> but yes there's a probably an age gap between us yeah
1: but um when yeah, did you graduate i, when I you graduate? graduated college in 2015 high school in 2011.
0: okay, okay. so yeah, yeah you're younger than me obviously yes yes you're younger than me
1: but uh i definitely felt i mean at least i was a, an engineer by degree and i think that that degree still has value but it's diminishing uh very rapidly like most college degrees uh I think we're, we're getting to a point, though, we're seeing where the majority of degrees don't guarantee a job where like, you know, maybe in the early 2000s, late 90s, that was, you know, you go to college, you get a degree, and then that kind of sets you up for getting a job. But we're seeing that exactly like you said, you did a lot of HTML on the side and, you know, in your classwork. Um, and I, I think you, you made a great point in your episode with Cedric. Uh, in the, Bic- the Bitcoin Matrix podcast, you were saying you were a junior in college and one of your friends, uh, a very smart of yours, was asking like, why are you a Democrat? And your response is like, oh, well, my parents are Democrats. And you just thought that that was a good response. And I, I don't blame you and I don't blame anyone. And this isn't about Democrat or conservative because I fully expect a kid that's more conservative to say, oh, my parents are conservatives. And that's why I do it. It's you kind of said smart kids don't think. And I thought that was pretty ingenious of how you said that, because it's like, you're going to high school, you get your grade, your middle school, elementary school, primary school, all the way up to to college. You're like, oh, I'm smart. You know, I'm always getting grades. I'm trying to get better. I'm trying to get there. But, you know, they're just teaching you to regurgitate what you're learning. They're not teaching you to think on your own critically. And and I think I'll let you comment
0: on that, basically. In school, In classes, that is all I did was regurgitate. That is all I freaking did. Now, outside, thank God, I got into HTML and I used my brain, okay? So I could use my, I I always developed life hacks and stuff. So in life, I used my brain. But in school, to get into WashU, at WashU, it was just regurgitation, man. Now, there were some things that stuck with me. There were some marketing things that stuck with me. Just like, I mean, really, all you have to know about marketing is brand awareness. That's all. That's all it is, is, is brand awareness. If you if you grasp that concept, that's that's all. I mean, if you're a successful marketer, people know what your brand is and you just keep on pounding it into them. Uh, brand awareness. Brand, so uh, all you marketing people out there, come to the cryptocurrency space, come to the Bitcoin space. There are not enough marketing people here. They're vilified here. It's unbelievable. Adam Meister's got a freaking marketing degree from uh, WashU and I don't give a darn and I'm doing great in this space. I mean, you, marketing dudes can, Grasp technology, trust me. And we, Bitcoin does need some help marketing itself. And it's uh, since it's decentralized, it's up to people coming in and doing it. There's no uh, head. There's there's no Vitalik to say, okay, you guys are in charge of marketing. Or I mean, there's plenty. You know, Dash. They hired a marketer, and I said back then, in 2016, that was an incredible move. Uh, they in, uh, Amanda Johnson. They hired it was it was very good. It pumped the price for a long time. Uh, but but mark, brand awareness is very important. The thing with Bitcoin's brand awareness, though, is it is it is the brand of cryptocurrency. When I was in uh, when I was in Hong Kong, when it was free still in 2017, free Hong Kong, uh, when it was I was I was at a Bitcoin event there and someone was telling me like, yeah, I I bought the uh, Litecoin version of Bitcoin. You know, like like, instead of saying the Litecoin version of cryptocurrency, he said Bitcoin is synonymous with cryptocurrency. So it's got the brand awareness uh, uh, definitely already, but still, uh, reaching out to, to all sorts of people, uh, dealing with some of the FUD, um, and and I'm, I'm doing that just by being a personality in the space. You are marketing. uh, And I, I, I think a lot of tech, uh, personalities might not like that, but, uh, it, it is true, but no, my marketing degree did not guarantee me anything. And I thought there was a point in my life that I thought it should guarantee me a great job. And I think a lot of people are just like, they work so hard. They regurgitated everything. They follow the plan. They paid so much money for this degree at a top 20 school. And maybe it was in like something like useless, much worse than even marketing. <laughs> and marketing's useful. But, um, you know, art history, I, I should be hired by the best museum. And they're not. They're working at Starbucks or something. So, but people can't be trees. They can't be stuck in what they think they, the degree said they should be. They should be able to move, they should be able to learn something, they shouldn't be above learning something like HTML or you know, in and now we're in this golden age where if you just learn how to send a Bitcoin and how to store a Bitcoin. I had a show like the six skills, I don't even know what they are now, the skills, how to send and you're way ahead of you, you could be hired so easily in this space as like a 17-year-old kid without a college degree. That that's the awesome thing. So right now college degrees in this space, not necessary at all. I'm not necessary at all. Um, you could get a, you could get a job real quick. Um, and I, I would like to, we can talk about this, uh, but maybe I'll talk about it on a show in the future. Like I want to do an experiment, like get some kids in college and just say, hey, you know, tell me a little bit about yourself. I'm gonna get you a job and, and, uh, and, and see, and give them the choice to either quit their job or get the job or quit college. Like, make the decision right there. But right now, it's easier said than done. I have said that I think college is a complete waste right now because you're paying $50,000 to stay in your mom's basement. Like, some of the colleges won't let you on the campus anymore, right? Or, like, you got to get yeah. something shoved up your nose or shoved up your butt or shoved in your arm or whatever. And it's it's insane. You can't have fun anymore. You can't party. You can't drink. Maybe some colleges you can. But so, I mean, I see things from Wash You that get emailed to me because they want money from me. And because I'm an alum and everything, and it's like disgraceful. The things that they, they're such CUCKs. It's unbelievable. I won't give them another freaking penny. And I and I have a lot more pennies than I used to back in the day uh, when I, when I was there, obviously. But so uh, yeah. Well, so right now, and you're not guaranteed a job. Like jobs in the normie space are kind of hard to get. Like unless you want to work, you know, retail or something. And who wants to do that? I mean, it's all right if you want to, but um, if, you, if you're paying $50,000 a year, you don't want to work at Target. You really don't want to work. I, I don't think you do. I don't think you do. So um, why go through that uh, nightmare? Uh, but the thing is, everyone wants to fit in and, and fitting in is going to college and and even though it kind of sucks now, and, and then you you. See, So it's easy for me to say, a guy who had a lot of fun in college, who went through college, who got a job out of of college, it's easy for me to say, hey, young person, don't do this. They're going to say, but you did it, Adam. So I want to give them the, like, really make it obvious, like, here, this is a specific job you can get right now. Is this better than what you're you're going through right now? But that's another project. I got all these project ideas in my mind. You only have so much time. I'm never bored. That's something people should take away from this. Never be bored. You get one life like this on this earth, okay? you should. Ne- I hear people saying they're bored all the time. My my friend just told me. My friend told me. He's uh, a good friend of mine. He he um he spent uh, he's watched all forty seasons of the uh, Survivor during this uh, lockdown. Unbelievable, unbelievable. That's, yeah, I, kind of, I mean, so, th- that's boredom. I mean, that's like, it, it was lot. so people should never be bored. People should, should be doing productive things. There's so much to learn out there in this space. And so, and beyond this space, even, I mean, the internet provides so many learning opportunities and, but I you hear people all the time saying they're bored or this the that. Um, I, I don't get it. I don't get it.
1: Yeah. So uh, I'm the oldest of four. So my younger sister, she's a junior in high school, And she's been saying for at least two years. So she's uh, 16 now. When she was like 14, she's been saying she doesn't want to go to college. And both my parents have master's in computer science, me and my siblings, my brother's about to graduate, me and my sister both graduated. And while we, we really value it, my parents and I like could not support her. And we, we love her and we're supporting her so much. We're like, we're seeing the value diminish. And so she's saying she does not want to go to college. That's not for her. That's not what she want to do. And she's going against the grain. And at first my parents were hesitant that, you know, they were feel for their kid. They want the best for her. But then after they're, they're like, no, she's going to be great. She's very personable. She loves being with people. She loves helping people. Um, so we we know she's going to make it. And Uh, She hasn't really said to many of her friends yet, so I don't want to dox her by by doing that, but I know that many people are, I know they're going to be like, oh, why aren't you going to college? But she knows that that's not best for her. And uh, I think with this, with the pandemic and everything, uh I remember it was a couple weeks in and our family was kind of feeling really down by how everything was going and I just kind of said like all I see is opportunity and I've been spending all my time reading like all these books here I'm not done with all of them but you know I was reading a bunch of books it's something that I've always loved to do and I'm like Chris this is your time like you're not going to bars you're not getting drunk with your friends go like go read books, go learn different things. And luckily I stumbled upon the Bitcoin standard. I stumbled upon many different books, the sovereign individual, you know, all these, uh, not self-help books, but like investing. I've always loved investing. And then when I realized like, this is all a scam, like like the bond market, the stock market, like I'm reading all these books, like perfect example, Money Master the Game by Tony Robbins. I still think it's a valuable book, but the information in there is kind of garbage. So it's valuable in the sense that it gives you all these like money managers, Warren Buffett's in it, Ray Dalio's in it, um, all these different managers, and they're saying all these different things. Ray Dalio has the all-weather portfolio. It's like 60 percent bonds, you know 25 percent stocks, seven percent gold, you know, all these different asset classes, three percent real estate. But then when you come to think of it, and you think of it, you're like, after 2020, this is all garbage, like 60% bonds, I'm getting negative interest rates on this, like, <laughs> the, due to inflation, like, I'm so thankful for reading it and, and learning. But I really took what they learned. I'm like, what were they trying to say? What are the messages? And how do they come to these conclusions? And then, you know, I was, I was uh, not vindicated, but Ray said a couple months ago, I know he's had varying takes on Bitcoin, but he's like, he's like a long time good bond trader. He's like, I'd rather have Bitcoin than a bond. I'm like, yes, Chris, you thought right in 2020 in June. And like, not that I needed the validation, but it like, it's like, I thought correctly. I figured it
0: out. Yeah, yeah man. So that's what I say. Some people won't leave their old paradigm in this space and they get called out to, to first of all, there were people in 2016 that were saying, to, put 1% of your portfolio in Bitcoin. Had people done that, it's 100x since then. Come on, man. (laughs) It's no, literally, it it, is. I know, I know, I know. People in 2016, when it was $570, were saying put 1% into it. I mean, I said buy 20, 23 of them. And if you would have done that, you'd be a millionaire right now. But there, but, but I'm glad there are people like Dalio that are like, you know, this traditional uh, allotment of your portfolio. People are always asking what your crypto port. my crypto portfolio, my financial portfolio is Bitcoin. That's it. The crypto. I hate the name crypto, crypto portfolio, okay? Now, I got to say, I've gotten other things for free over time, so no, it isn't. But I mean, what I have bought with, with dollars Okay, what have I, I bought with dollars is, is Bitcoin. And that is my crypto portfolio. That is my, I don't own a house anymore. I, don't, I, I own Bitcoin it's, instead of owning a house anymore. I mean, that, that was a major asset. And I, I really give you all the credit in the world for when, when people were scared, you said this is opportunity, okay? That's when there's blood in the freaking streets. That is when is the greatest opportunity. And let me tell you, I know people that are watching this who know me, they've heard this story a million times, but I, I cannot say you know, how proud I, I mean, one of my favorite moments of the early panic back in 2020 was March 12th and 13th, where there was a huge crash of of the financial system that those two days, okay, huge. Bitcoin went into the three thousands for a few seconds. And I tweeted it out there. I said it on my show. I spent a little bit over $10,000 combined on two Bitcoin. All right. So an average of like $5,100 per Bitcoin. One was below 5,000, one was above 5,500. It was over two days. It was over 48 hours because the situation looked really bad on um, March the 12th and it got worse for a little bit. But I, I doubled down on that. I doubled down that freaking thing. So I ended up with that and that was it. It's never been that cheap again, okay? And so you know, what's it worth right now? It's it's worth over $110,000, over $110,000. I spent $10,000 on March 12th And the 13th, when everyone's scared to go freaking outside, I'm I'm making a hundred thousand dollar profit late, you know, on paper later. Again, you don't make a profit until you sell it. I haven't sold it. I still own those two cojones, those two things, too. Of course, of course. So that I saw the opportunity. I knew I was like, this is insane what's going on. People are overreacting. There is a day after tomorrow. That's what people have to work. That's what people have to remind themselves of. All these doomers and gloomers who dreamt of something like that. They've been having wet dreams their whole lives of a day like that when, oh, everyone's locked down and everyone's scared and they had all they had all their guns and ammo and gold and everything and silver. What did they do on that day? They were crying on their freaking faces Did they buy Bitcoin that day? Seriously, seriously, all those... Big talkers those days. You talk the talk or you freaking walk the walk. Pound that like button, baby. So, uh, yeah, that that was uh, when you're, you're saying that you saw opportunity. I freaking saw opportunity. And not only did I see it, I freaking, you know, I did it. I did it. And there's a lot of, no have no regrets, people. The opportunity is still out there right now. It's still out there.
1: For sure. I completely agree. And so, like I said, I didn't buy Bitcoin until June when I really did more research on it. So, I, I was doing something. I've said this a couple times as a mistake, but it, I, it, It's a mistake, but I didn't know it was a mistake. I didn't know it was a mistake. That's why it was one. But then I learned from it, but I actually benefited from it, if that makes sense. So, what I was doing is I was trading on Robinhood. I know I don't trade on Robinhood. That's a horrible platform. I bought a little bit of Bitcoin in there, sold that very quickly after learning more about Bitcoin that you can't self custody that bad boy. That's worthless. That's, that's might as well, you know, the gold bugs say always get real gold, don't get paper gold. Well, that's even more apparent and more true with Bitcoin. Yes. Uh, so obviously I learned that lesson the hard way, but in Robin Hood, I had, I, my stocks were doing well from like 2017, 2018 in Robinhood going up and they had gone up to like a peak or a very high, you know, they're buying up the bond market and all that. And basically I had set stop losses like four or 5% below where they had gotten to. So if my stock was at hundred dollars, I set a stop loss at $95. So in January of 2020, I watch as my entire portfolio gets liquidated and I'm like, okay, Chris what happened? So we hadn't really heard about it in America, but obviously ports in China were closing and things were happening. Like there was delay in shipments. So I watched as my whole portfolio gets liquidated, like across the board, all sold, all sold, all sold. So I'm like, all right, Chris, before you get back in, what happened? What's going on? I need to figure this out. So then I'm waiting, I'm waiting. I'm hearing a little bit of COVID. Okay. It's not that big of a deal. It's a little bit of a flu. You'll be fine, blah, blah. blah. And then all of a sudden I saw the panic spread and I was like, oh crap. Like it went, I remember... It was the Friday before um, St. Patrick's Day. And it was me and my girlfriend and all our friends were out. And everyone was kind of like, oh, you come Sunday, all the bars are locking down. So it was Saturday. We're like, this is going to be no big deal. It's going to be fine. And then it like, you know, everyone really locked down for two weeks to flatten the curve. And then that's when I saw, obviously, Bill Ackman goes on CNBC or Mad Money or whatever it is, and he's like crying, like, "Oh my God, there's gonna be blood in the streets." And I watch as he basically, you know, shorted the market, everything tanked. And then that's kind of when I was like, probably mid-April, end of April, I started putting my money back into stocks that I thought that like had gone too much down in value. I started buying them like Penn National Gaming because of their bar, like I love Barstool or various companies like that. And all of a sudden, I watch as like by June 1st, I'm or by middle of may or june 1st i was all back in and i watched as my money went tick off and i'm like okay what's like why did this happen how did this happen like everything there should be blood in the streets there's so much panic how are businesses making more money but no one's working like this makes no sense and then very shortly into june i'm like oh, this Bitcoin thing. And I I buy a little bit of that. I'm like, oh, well, that was down around $3,000. Like you said, it's now hovering around 7,000, 9,000. So I'm like, oh, that uh, 300X, you know, if you bought at 3,000, it's like 9,000, 10,000. That's like 300, 350. I'm like, that did way better than my stock. So obviously the volatility attracted me at first. But then I was like, no, maybe there's more to this. So obviously I bought it on Robinhood, mistake. Then I very quickly realized, like, I need to sell this crap because I can't self custody it. And then that's really when I went down the rabbit hole of, you know, I did read Andy, um, why, why We Buy Bitcoin, The Bitcoin Standard, Sovereign Individual, uh, a bunch of different books, basically describing the importance of Bitcoin, why you should buy Bitcoin. I started listening to, oh, and that was the other two things. So Preston Pish and We Study Billionaires, they always do a mastermind talk. They always do them every quarter. So they normally do them April, July, uh, October, and then end of the year or January. So he said, oh, buy Bitcoin. And I literally had my old fiat brain on of like, no, that's a Ponzi scheme. That's too That's not a real thing. Then in June, he said, oh, my pick's still the same. Buy Bitcoin. And that's what I'm like, shit, Chris, what are you missing? Because Preston Bishop, a guy I really respect, I disagreed with his stance. I'm missing something. The guy that recommended two things in a row, which had never been done for on the show. You know, one time they'd recommend Google in 2016. They'd recommend Google again in 2019. That's a three-year window. It's like, okay, it's still a good stock to buy. He recommended Bitcoin in back-to-back episodes. I've never heard that for any stock, real estate, anything. I'm like, okay, Chris, you need to dig in. And then that's really when I dug in. And then that's ultimately led me down this path of, you know, buying into it, being a Bitcoin OG. And I'm finding different things to liquidate to get more Bitcoin at this point.
0: That's, that's awesome. I mean, you, you didn't trust him you did learn on your own he was the spark it was that you had sparks that made you learn more and you, you learned the right way you did it pete you were not a blind follower you you put it all together you comprehended it most people they just want it spoon-fed to them they don't want to learn they don't want well, to learn it, and it's funny i could
1: have went the spoon-fed route but i disagreed with him at first which actually helped with my conviction that i'm like why did you say no in april but now it's like he said it again in july or, or uh june or whenever it was he said it again like why I should go back and, and do that. I should buy it. You know what I mean? Like, I,
0: I don't know. So that's really what made me dig in and do the research. And, no, this and is that's, something- that's a, you make a really great point. People cannot just watch the people they agree with hundred percent. Most people do that. They hear a person like only agree with them 90%. They drop them. They, they drop them. It's good to get voices that are against well, I, I listen to people that are against Bitcoin all the time, uh, all, all the time, uh, or, or not as hardcore about it, or who clearly do not grasp it. Uh, and it's good to get their perspective on it. And and if you can critically say, you know, why they're wrong, it makes your hand even stronger, man. And, and it just, it shows that you're an intelligent individual that you can put up with someone that you don't agree with 100% of the time. Because now in this cancel culture world, people just dump people like that. If they, if they say one little thing, they're like, eh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to listen to them anymore. I'm not going to learn from, they were giving me good advice. I was learning from them. Eh, they, they said something I didn't like. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do it anymore. So yeah, you, you're never going to agree with somebody hundred percent, but you can gain some great, I mean, Vinny Leham is, is a guy in the space. I don't agree with him hundred percent on a lot of stuff, especially lately, but dude, I've got some great nuggets from him in, in 2016 that really made my hand strong and, and gave me a, a, a great uh, conviction.
1: For sure. And I I, I mean, I was e- I even try and do it with politics, but we've gotten to the point now where politics is all just brain rot and they're just like two sides of the same coin. You know, their goal is to spend more money, tax their recipients more. They, you know, they have all these loopholes that they get to do all the benefits. And, you know, yeah, you can take advantage of them, but obviously they put them in for themselves or even like their masters of who funds their campaigns, who helps them get reelected, who gives them money. And the reason that they're able to do that is because of fiat. If this, yes. if this was Bitcoin and people were actually honest, we're starting to see the inklings of politicians agree with it. I know they seem to be on the more conservative side and, you know, they want to pander to the masses. I definitely see that. And, you know, I've always, with all politicians, I take them with a side of caution. There are a few that I do like, and there's even, like, like you said, it's always good to get the opposite opinion, to be like, why are they upset? Why do they think this is the right idea why do they think that they, like they're right compared to you being wrong uh, and I think that's good for anything it's Bitcoin and politics and anything
0: I think a lot of times when you, you go down that why rabbit hole you see it's at, at the bottom of it and it's not that deep it's it's a personal you know they have a personal investment in something uh, the opposite you know it would hurt them financially uh, if Bitcoin did well or it would it would hurt them politically they would lose uh, for some reason you know a big backer I mean there's a guy in California I forgot he's a big hater of Bitcoin and he doesn't make any he, uh, he he's, he's on the left, but he doesn't doesn't hide anything. He's totally funded by the banks and everything like that. I but forget there, his name he, is. Uh, he's I'm in sure. Southern California. I forgot yep. his name too. I'm the still trying guy to think with about glasses. Yeah, yeah. Evil. Yeah, but but there are there are people on the left that do see this is good for poor people, and there are people that aren't known very well that don't hold office right now who are trying to get office that are on the left. Um, I, I just read about a woman in, in California who's running against that guy, Brad Sherman. Is that his name? Is his name Brad or- Brad Sherman. And her name's, uh, I don't want to say, I think it's
1: Anika or- uh, Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. She's, so she's only, they're both Democrats, but she likes Bitcoin and she has no shame about it. She's like- What's wrong with a Democrat like Bitcoin and all these mindless animals freaking on Twitter like oh oh it's all it's, it's a libertarian this I mean they're they just they like a Pavlov's dog they just react without thinking it's it's, it's unbelievable they attacked this woman and, and, and there's no reason no, no 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 anyone can be in Bitcoin people don't get but the thing is most people the eighty percenters out there the majority of people just think everything's left or right it's if you're not on my team to be on my team you have to believe X Y and Z so if you believe something that maybe someone on the other team like you are a nazi i mean it's it's just unbelievable (laughs) yeah it's it's, it's totally unbelievable
1: and i i know my buddies have joked before like what are paradoxes that you believe in one thing but you that you believe the counter argument whether it's like abortion but you like gun rights or you know whatever it may be it's like you can't be in both camps it's like we push them either you're the a column a or column b and that that's not true with many people it's like you could like ch- uh, vanilla and chocolate. You don't have to just like vanilla or just like chocolate. I, that's life. You know what I mean? That you guys That is companies. life, but some
0: people have forgotten that. But a, a lot a lot of outspoken people have forgotten that and they try to cancel you and they try to you know, shame you for, for Dave. how dare you have a position that Ted Cruz likes. Ted Cruz likes Bitcoin. You must be just like Ted Cruz. Uh, and, and by the way, Ted Cruz, uh, he has said some very smart things about Bitcoin recently. I've, I've, I've been impressed. I had no idea that was going to happen. I mean, we all knew about Cynthia Loomis and everything. Um, but I mean, that's, there's a big difference between the senator from Wyoming and the senator from Texas. Huge, huge difference. Yeah. <laughs> In terms of, uh, I, I mean, they have an equal vote, but you know, the, on the net, what he can do nationally, what she could do nationally. Some people are like, oh, she's going to become president. No, she's not going to become president. She's from Wyoming. Uh, he is from Texas. <laughs> there, is, there, there are some things out there. He could still become I think he should become, I think he should become vice president. I think him, well, this is, anyway, don't worry about politics, people. It's a waste of time. But yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing DeSantis uh, Cruz in uh, in 2024. 20, uh, but that, that's uh, that's a minor thing. You, if you start worrying about that stuff, you start wasting your time on it. You, re, you, you really do. Bitcoin doesn't need Ted Cruz. Bitcoin doesn't need Cynthia Loomis. Bitcoin doesn't need the mayor of Miami, okay? Um, it's it's going to do fine and, without and Adam.
1: Anything. It doesn't even need both of us. We could both, no. you know, vilify it, hate it. We could sell it tomorrow because something happened—a brain pro, brain issue issue or whatever. We go crazy, and Bitcoin will be fine without both yeah. of us. We're just kind of nodes on the network, as I always say.
0: We got—I I forgot what the name of this animal is. It's the apex predator. It's the uh, what's it called—the the, the honey badger, honey the badger. Honey badger. <laughs> How can I forget that? I, I mean. So this is the, 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 the Coinbeast honey badger, but yeah, honey badger, the Bitcoin honey badger is the, Bitcoin is the apex predator out there. Bitcoin is the next Bitcoin. One Bitcoin equals one Bitcoin. Value your wealth in Bitcoin. You understand all that. A lot of people don't understand that. Uh, and uh, to this very day, you know, I tell people, you know, don't, 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 don't keep your Bitcoin on Coinbase. And they're like, but it's safe there. What can happen? For I mean, it's so it's Mount so Goss, Goss there. was
1: safe in twenty thirteen. No, no,
0: but it's let's say Coinbase never gets hacked. I believe Coinbase won't get hacked, but guess what can happen? If the government says we don't like this guy anymore, we're co- give us give us their money, give us their Bitcoin. One second. Doesn't doesn't take much. Or if you're all of a sudden you get into a uh, you have a wife and she wants to divorce you and she, and they, they, she, her lawyer says the Coinbase confiscate, that's it. I mean, it's the unconfiscate, people don't grasp unconfiscatable. They think just like life goes along smoothly, nothing bad. You, you'll never get put on a bad list. I mean, right now, I mean, there are a bunch of people on Twitter right now that think people that don't get a needle in their arm shouldn't be able to leave their state, shouldn't be able to leave their house, shouldn't be able to fly on a plane. So, um, you know, the, the government is capable. I mean, the, the government is capable of all sorts of financial confiscation when you're not holding uh, your asset, okay? They can take your house, they can take your gold, uh, and they can take, if your Bitcoin's at Coinbase, take it in one second if they call you, uh, well, yeah, you were awake on January 6th, so you must have been in DC, so we're going to shut down your Coinbase account and take all your Bitcoin. I mean, the, the, the things they can do, the things they, that's why you control your own private key. No, it's, that is the ultimate. But I would say most people that are in Bitcoin right now, do not properly store the Bitcoin. I mean, it's probably an overwhelming amount. Um, have it at Coinbase or or, 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 worse, or much, much worse. Um, uh, they just they don't they don't they don't get that aspect of uh you know what's going on in the world today. You know they yeah. And uh, I went down the rabbit hole.
1: I guess quick, uh, quick or slow. I felt like I was going like molasses and I couldn't learn enough. You know, I did it with cold card. I had a ledger. I'm like I don't really trust ledger. I did a cold card. I built my own node. So you know, I, and well, now I help. I help build nodes for people. We actually offer a service to build. If you don't feel like do, doing it yourself, you know, I'll build it, send it to you. You check it before plugging in. Like I, you know, There's no sensors, or at least don't trust Verify that I didn't put any sensors that have your code or anything. But yeah, no, I believe in helping people put nodes. I look at myself as like you know what routers and modems are to people's homes for internet and cable boxes and TV. That's what the node is, but just for your, all your wealth. So it's that much more important. Like, yeah, the internet's important. A lot of people would agree with that. Oh, yeah, getting cable TV, cut the cord. Okay, it's maybe less important. But running your own node, verifying with your own certainty that not someone else, not some trusted third party, I think that's invaluable. And it takes time for people to understand that. It's a difficult concept to grasp. And it's something that you need to wake up to. It's almost, we always talk about Bitcoin and waking up and coming to, you know, seeing the matrix for what it is. But that's really what it is, basically.
0: Yeah. I, I give you all the credit in the world uh, for setting up your own uh, node in, in 15 months. You've only been in this space. 15, I mean, it's great. It's great. That's, that's really awesome. You've got the tech, you've got the tech background too. I mean, it's, 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 it's not an easy thing, but I also give you credit for being an entrepreneur, making your own freaking show, making your own freaking business where you, you set up nodes for people. That's the opportunity that's out there. I mean, because everyone needs help in this space and, um, I mean, I, I was since 2016, I was helping people set up their treasures. Okay. I would, uh, they originally in 2016, uh, they would send me uh 0.2 Bitcoin, 0.2 Bitcoin to set up the, their treasure. And of course i never sold the uh, 0.2 Bitcoin people that all the people sent me. Um, and that sort of, it was like, a, it was $160 an hour. I mean, instead they would, or they would send 0.2 Bitcoin. I I didn't, I didn't I value, that's all I wanted. I didn't want $160 an hour. I wanted 0.2 Bitcoin. And I knew I was going to, you know, save it. But that opportunity is still out there. You could be a consultant, people, you could help people set up their treasures. You could help people do anything in this darn space, okay? And the other thing, the people out there, if you're a young person, go, all these founders of companies, these big names, they need help. Send them a DM on Twitter and tell them how you can help them. They'll pay you. I mean, it, it's, it's out there. The opportunity is out there. Jump on it. We're in the freaking golden age, baby. Yeah. And I agree to your sentiment. Like
1: when you were like, oh, you felt like you missed the internet error. I know there's always uh, the Motley Fool or whatever it is. It's like, oh, you could have bought Amazon at $3 and 19 cents Buy our course about what we buy. And it's like, no, I found the next thing. And you know, my conviction of like, I, I even said to myself, I'm like, okay, if Bitcoin gets to half a million, will I sell now do I get to a million? No. Will I get to 5 million. Will I sell? No, probably not. Like it's like, I really see what this is going to become. If this is going to become the base layer money, I, I still think investing is valuable, and that's still why I start off as an investing podcast. I just think investing is going to be denominated. With Bitcoin one day, but until I see Bitcoin as like you can't really get that much more, it's like we've reached the peak, and now you're trading it for goods and services. That's when okay, maybe the discounted cash flow using Bitcoin instead of a fiat dollar might make more sense for your investing strategy or whatever. You,
0: you bring up an interesting topic, um, and as you know, I'm like the biggest Bitcoin freaking fan in the world, dude. Um, and it's it's been very good to me, very very good to me. But I, I still think um that people are so mindless out there. You've seen how people bow down to authority. Um, Easily uh, during the last uh, one and a half years, uh, the dollar isn't going to go anywhere. They'll, they'll still, people, the majority of people still value their wealth in dollars. I don't know if it'll be the base layer. It'll be the base layer for the smart people. Um, it'll be something to opt into. Um, but most people will, will stick with Fedcoin. People will love their negative interest rate Fedcoin. They think they will think it's a good thing. Uh, I've come up with the term happyflation. That I, I predicted inflation and that the, the media and the government would say it's good and people would say it's good and they would call it happy flip. And, and right now people are like, oh, it's good, it's good, look, print up more money. Happy, happy, we're all happy. It's happy inflation. They don't think it's a bad thing. Although it's it's temporary, it's transitory, it's good, it's this, it's that, it's the other. Um, but some people have what they don't they don't believe the hype, don't believe the hype, and they have in into Bitcoin. So that off-ramp. That on-ramp into glory will always be there. And not the majority of people won't take it. <laughs> they will gladly be slaves to fit in. They will gladly take negative interest. There will be such convenience with their Fed coin. I mean, you'll be able to get into the movies uh, with the discount. I mean, you'll be able to visit your, your kiss your, if you, you want to visit your politician, you, you'll be able to lick their toes for free or something. I don't know. I don't know. There'll be all these benefits that you'll, you'll get with your Fed coin that Bitcoin will not provide. It won't provide the fiat uh, benefits, but you 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 said beforehand uh, the the government is able to do what they're they're doing because of the fiat standard, and we should if society was better there would be separation of state and money. I don't there yeah. is not going to be separation of state and money. There is is not, but Bitcoin is separation of state and money. It is a stateless, but there's still going to be the dollar. And let me tell you, I've traveled around this world and I've seen. The United States is still a beacon of hope, okay? Bad things are going on in the United States. It's worse everywhere else because we have 50 different states. It's 50 different experiments. Some are pretty disgraceful right now, but others are leading the way of freedom. We are speaking up against all this tyranny that's going on more than any country. And so even though the printing of the dollar is insane, what the country that it stands for, the people that it stands for is the best and people still want it more than, I mean, I remember when I was in Argentina, you, you could pay people in dollars, okay? And Argent, Argentina isn't the worst of the worst of the countries. It's, it's pretty civilized and everything. It's, it's, it's a good time. But I mean, right now, most countries in Australia is the people want out of freaking Australia. If you would have told me that in 2018, 2019, when I was in Adelaide having a great time, I would have said, no, well, why would people want out? Of, it's basically the same as the United States, but it's not. And so we've got the best Fiat out there Um, But we got the best country out there and thus we have the best fiat, not that I encourage people. So the world is addicted to the United States dollar. It is going to stay the world reserve currency, I believe. I do not think Bitcoin will become the world reserve currency. Um, And I I partially think one of the reasons that the United States dollar will stay as the world reserve currency is because of the, the freedom that Bitcoin gives other United States citizens that we have this freedom. I mean they so said there's a little bit of an irony here that uh, you know the, 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 the Bitcoin country the capital of the Bitcoin world is the United States. It is. It's, I've seen it. I've, I've been everywhere. People have tried to say it was China. What a joke. What a joke that it was China. Just because the miners were there, look how quickly that changes when you have an authoritarian regime like that, okay? So, um, yeah, of all the places I, I, I've been to, and I've been to a lot of places, uh, you know, Bitcoin is, it's not Not. Not that many people in the United States have it, but percentage-wise, more so than in, in any country, and it's, it's not, you know, some countries might have better policies toward it, but the, the, the state by state, I mean, Wyoming has a great policy toward it. Some states have bad policies toward it, but we, we've got a lot of different options. Thank God we have the federalist system. And, uh, you know, if, you know, if you want to worry about politics, if they ever try to get rid of, you know, all 50 states and just nationalize everything, yeah, then you fight, okay? that that That's thats a line that cannot be crossed. Uh, but, you know, I, so bottom line is, we got the dollar. I don't think the dollar is going anywhere. And to say that, you can still be the biggest Bitcoin fan in the world, and you can still think Bitcoin. Bitcoin can be great, and the fiat, uh, the dollar world can still exist. I do think um, once we have these Fed coins, that some of these little, these other countries that print their own currency they're not going to be able to do it anymore. Like all the third world countries, they're not going to be able to pull it off. They're all going to be have to choose which country not, they're like slave
1: dollarized, basically. Yeah, they're going to have to be
0: slaves. Which Fed coin they're going to be slaves to? To the United States Fed coin, Japanese Fed coin, China Fed coin. And the, probably most of them will choose China Fed coin because they will be so in debt to China because of all the uh road initiatives they've signed the, on. Yeah, all, the all, 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 all the African countries have, I mean, when I was in Mozambique, they built there. The Chinese built the airport for them. You know, when you're in Zimbabwe, they own the farms. They, they've already, you know, so once, once the uh, corrupt dictators can't pay the Chinese back, which they already can't, then they'll say, okay, you don't have, instead of paying us back, just use our uh, currency now, <laughs> use our Fed coin. and uh, whatever. So, um, so yeah, mo- most will choose Chinese Fed coin, which is unfortunate when well, not choose when we we'll forced to. Um, but again, even in Zimbabwe, when they become a, uh, servants to the chinese fed coin which should be in the next five years um they'll still be able to have bitcoin if they want to i mean you you no matter what country you're in as long as you got an internet connection you will be able to get bitcoin but if you're watching this in one of those countries where you're going to be stuck with the chinese fed coin and you know who you are just get bitcoin now so you don't it'll be a little bit easier when when your financial slavery starts to the the chinese fed coin that 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 would be my uh advice and uh Uh, and I agree. I mean, us being both Bitcoin
1: maximalists and really uh, thinking that the importance of Bitcoin. I know I had Greg Foss on last week. He's like, your fiat dollars are your checking account—they're to they pay your bills, whatever it may be to do your thing. Your Bitcoin is your savings account, and your yes. goal is to never tap into your savings account. So that's kind of what the goal of it is. I always keep both of these on my desk. They are uh, replicas of the uh, Zimbabwe—the Zimbabwe federal yeah. note that's a hundred trillion dollars. I got a gold one and silver one uh, just to remind myself. You know, that's what all fiat currencies go to. I, think I, I, thing- went,
0: I, I just want to say, I've been there. So I, I got to talk to the people. I got to see, uh, yeah, <laughs> to see what happens. It's, it's, unbelievable. it's unbelievable. And I think a thing that I, I've been doing a lot of my
1: reading, I still need to read uh, The Creature from Jekyll Island, which probably explains a lot better. But basically what I've learned is that The reason that we we do see inflation in the United States, we're seeing it more so because we printed, you know, quite literally trillions of dollars in the last 18 months, 15 months, whatever it is, I lose track now. And we're thinking of trying to print another at least, you know, 4.7 trillion plus, and we're going to keep going. That- Like everyone's like, oh, well, inflation's not that bad in the United States. And that's true because we get the benefit of being the world reserve currency that we push our currency to other countries. So then they having hyperinflating of their currencies, it collapses and then they adapt the US dollar. So now they're taking dollars out of our system. So we're seeing less collapse in us. But it's gonna be at the end of the day when the United States and China are like, why is everyone countries hyperinflated? It's like, it's because of us, dummy. Like it's because of the US and because of the Chinese. And the Chinese obviously you should give me a little bit of history to my listeners probably around 2014, 2016, they realized that buying equities was not in their best interest. They were basically giving the United States the power, and we had the ability to make more shares, divert their shares, do all this. So then exactly what we said, the Belt and Road Initiative, they started taking US dollars for goods. So they'd ship us goods, that we ship them US dollars. They know that our dollars were, were worthless. They were smart enough to know that. So then they shipped them to other countries for either power, money, Buildings, or basically to to fiat, they're basically the fiat masters of the being a fiat slave, basically. So they're just they're doing our bidding by pushing it further into the world, and you know uh, you and I both know that, and people ha- really haven't woken up to that yet. You know they 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 hear the CPI number, which is like the biggest joke in the world. I can't believe everyone agrees with it. I've gotten in arguments on Twitter to the point where I had to put my phone down. Cause I'm like, the person's like, Oh, well the CPI is this. I'm like, Oh, well, what about the Chapwood index? What about this index? They're like those are fake indexes. I'm like, okay, well then let's just take what, what Clinton's been doing since Clinton. Let's take, oh, you know, a pound of beef, a pound of this, you know, a a mortgage price. It's now rent. It's not beef. It's chicken. It's, you know, it's not a gallon of gas. It's not a barrel of gasoline. It's a gallon of gasoline. Like they keep bringing the numbers. If you manipulate the numbers, you can make anything look good. I I mean, Bill Gates even had a book called How to Lie About Statistics, which I caught flack for, for saying about that. But it's true. Like that, the truth hurts.
0: It does. And it's, I, I don't know why people uh, become so addicted to the, the, the CPI, you defend it. I mean, it's, it's a completely corrupt us. I mean, it's, it's been manipulated many times, I mean, what they throw in and take out of it. Uh, you know, the, the, the government, don't believe government numbers, people. I mean, I think, and, we, and I think
1: another that. point is too, like, I'm like, oh, they've been, like, since as long as I've been alive, they've been manipulating it under Clinton. So they immediately hear that. They hear me disrespecting a Democrat. And then they're like, oh, my God, you can't do that. But I'm like, no, 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 like, time out. It's not just him. It was Bush Sr. It was Clinton. It was Bush Jr. It was Obama. It was Trump. We're doing it under Biden. Like, it's like, don't you see? They're the same coin, the same coin, the different sides of the same coin. Like, I'm not criticizing one. I'm trying to equally criticize them. And people just can't comprehend that. They they hear uh, disrespecting, their political beliefs or religious beliefs or whatever. And it's like, no, like I'm not trying to attack you. I'm trying to attack the idea and what's going on here. And I think that gets lost. People, people just really get on the offensive. They get really angry. And it's like,
0: yeah, it's, it, it is. It's just tribal. It's it's, and again, social media has made people more tribal uh, this last one and a half years, people become more tribal. That's why I say, be a unique piece. Be, individualism is the accomplishment. Collectivism is the default. Remember that. Um, be, it, 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 to be an individual is, is, is something to, uh, it's easy just to be part of the mob and be part of the Borg and be part of a tribe. If you, you know, to be an individual, to, you know, mix and match and think and that, that is the accomplishment in life. All
1: right, so I got probably two more questions and I got the final wrap up. Adam, thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure having you on. This is a great conversation and I hope this is a relationship that'll blossom that we can meet in person one day. Dude, Uh, I got to get you on the show too. I'll get you on the show. You'll be one of my guests on the panel. You got to make an appearance on the This Week in the I would love to. I think that'd be awesome. So I guess my last two questions before I begin my rapid questions. So I saw on your profile when I was reading on Coinbeast and obviously Adam is a pro for Coinbeast. That'll be in the promotion in the beginning of the video when I clip this all together. So if you want to listen to his brilliant advice more, he's willing to try charge a fee for that in fiat and and or Bitcoin. uh, Probably a lot less than 0.2 Bitcoin at this rate uh, for his fee. So I guess you could see it as a discount in in Bitcoin terms. Um, So my one question is, I saw that you had crypto dividends in there. And I think I caught from the Bitcoin matrix that you had there. When I see crypto dividends, I'm like, oh, no, he's a a shit coiner. That's what someone would think. So I think I know where you're going to go with this, but please explain what you mean by that.
0: Oh, crypto dividend is what I came up with. You were not around in 2016 and 20, well, 2017 uh, under, during the block size debate. Yeah. A lot of people weren't. So let me give you, there was, Roger Ver was the biggest hero in Bitcoin. The biggest yep. name, bigger than anyone, bigger than Michael Saylor is now. Roger Ver was the ultimate in 2016. And toward the end, he starts talking about this block size thing and how he thinks the block size should increase. People let him talk and talk and talk in the 2017. And he started getting really serious about it. And people really gave him a platform. I let him be on my show. And you could watch Aaron talk. And in the long run, I was right. But, but he's very convincing the way he, uh, very persuasive. And what he decided, and Jihan Wu decided, a big miner out in uh, China, uh, decided that, you know, they were going to make their own Bitcoin that they couldn't increase the block size of Bitcoin. So they made something called Bcash. I don't even call it what they call it. I refuse to say it. And people were worried. I have a show um, before they made the announcement. It was uh, St. Patrick's Day 2017. Go to my archives, watch the show. One of the, it, was, it ended up in two hours. It was probably the best show I've ever done where you could see people were worried about what was about to happen. Um, that, that, that there was going to be a split of Bitcoin. No, Now, the split did not happen until August the 1st of 2017. And people did not understand what the heck. People were so worried. You know, are we, is, what's going to be the real Bitcoin? I knew what the real Bitcoin was going to be. But still, like, it's, it's, there was a lot of confusion. It was, and shortly after that, I said, wait a second. We got a free coin because of this. This dude, we just made 10%, 20%, whatever we made this is a crypto dividend. This is great. This is, you know what, these forks, this was an unfriendly fork, but other people can do friendly forks. I, I hope people, if people want to make altcoins, they should just fork it off. And the next time they, someone tries to attack Bitcoin this way, we shouldn't panic like we panicked in March and, and people were still panicking in August at that point. Um, and there was still one schedule called uh, Bitcoin 2X. Uh, or Segwit2x, Segwit2x was still scheduled. I was like, bring it freaking on. If we can get 5%, it's just a crypto dividend. It's a one-time interest payment on our Bitcoin. So I just came up with that term, crypto dividend. And that's all it is, is when someone unfriendly or friendly, if you control your, and it encourages people to control their private key. And people always say, well, um, Bitcoin is is not a, uh, it doesn't generate any income. It's just a stagnant, uh, a stagnant asset no 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 no! it does generate interest through the crypto dividend process when these schmoes try to be be good schmoes or bad schmoes create and when i i i broke the story the next crypto dividend after bcash was Bgold. gold i broke that story uh and b gold, and b gold it's still a top 100 altcoin whatever but it it paid pretty dark people made a lot of money off of that too and what are you going to do are you not going to claim it are you not going to you're giving you don't then that's where one of my sayings originated. You don't buy what you get for free. You don't buy what you get for free. You don't buy B cash. You don't buy B gold. You get it as interest. So there was a time in, in late 2017, we were getting all this, all this stuff. And there have been airdrops since then, an airdrop, a fork, whatever you want to call it. It is a crypto dividend. If they're going to give it to me for free, I'm going to turn that thing and get more Bitcoin. So Bitcoin is an income generating asset through the crypto dividend process, most people do not know that. Still, most people, unfortunately, there are Bitcoin people that are part of the Bitcoin Inquisition. They hear you say, hear what I just said. They go crazy. How can you talk about an altcoin? No, dude, yeah, I'm talking about it. I know that I'm a realist. I know they're going to exist. I know people are going to create them. Why not? If they're going to create them. They should just give it to all of them. When they create one, just give it to us for free. We are the best holders out there. They can use us for marketing, whatever they think they're doing. What we're, what we're going to do is we get their free coin. We turn it into Bitcoin. We get interest on our Bitcoin. It is beautiful. It is beautiful. So I, I just say, let them, let them keep doing what they're going to do. All you keep making your altcoins, give it to us for free. Just, just do that. Just airdrop it. It's, it's been successful for some of them. It's been successful for, for some of them in the past or whatever you define success as, and pump and dump or whatever it is. But yeah, whatever. but never buy those things. Never. No, 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 no. You don't buy what you get for free. You don't, you don't buy what you get for free.
1: And uh, for my listeners, so obviously Bitcoin's a public ledger. So what's basically happening is when they're forking, whether it's a hard fork or an airdrop, what they do is they copy the Bitcoin ledger or code uh, or, you know, all the addresses. And they basically copy the Excel sheet is the best way to describe it. They then copy it, change the rules of what that Excel sheet is, and then they send them to the addresses for free. That's exactly what Adam's referring to, the airdrop. They send it to your address of, hey, you now have Bitcoin and you now have B Cash or B Gold or B Glitter or B whatever, you know, or B Diamond. I mean, there's
0: still Hex. Hex was an airdrop. Hex, which is, which is, uh, we're not going to talk about that, but that, that 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 was that was something we all got for free also. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, people don't. It's 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 nice that you just you you explain it to the audience. But I forget, uh, most people were not around in 2017 during the height of that uh, insanity. But I do want to warn people, and I've said this on my show before. Um, that was a big, 2017, the, the, the original crypto dividend was attacking a, a supposed weakness of Bitcoin. So what's going to happen eventually, someone will try to create an ESG Bitcoin, uh, an environmentally free, bit, uh, friendly Bitcoin, and say it's the real Bitcoin, or a 42 million Bitcoin saying, oh, it's unfair, the all, only rich people got Bitcoin, They're only, we need to have a 42 million Bitcoin and uh, distribute it fairly to the people. So people get so they will fork off bitcoin and say they have the real bitcoin this will happen again so people have to prepare themselves for that and just to be happy when people want to create you know if people you know, want to make up lies that the bitcoin destroys the environment and they're going to make a, a a bloodless bitcoin i mean there's that one coin that the guy that said bitcoin was the blood coin so, okay, you, that Canadian guy, the famous uh, Canadian, uh, he's got his own TV show, Mr. Oh, Wonderful. Uh, Kevin O'Leary. Mr. For me, there's only one Mr. Wonderful. That was Paul Orndorff, rest in peace. But I think he's gone. But yeah, the, the other Mr. Wonderful, yeah, he called Bitcoin a blood coin. Okay, then make your green Bitcoin and try to pretend it's Bitcoin and give it to us for free so we can trade it in for the real Bitcoin. That Something like that is going to happen again. Is probably during this cycle. I, I cannot predict when, but it, it'll happen again. People just have to be ready for things like that. Fork that's the thing. If you don't like Bitcoin, fork off. Fork that's that's the beauty of this. That's the beauty of the situation. If you instead of complaining on on Twitter all like, day, okay, fork off. Make your own Bitcoin. See, let the public decide what the real Bitcoin is. But again, the bottom line is the Bitcoin is the next Bitcoin. Bitcoin is the next Bitcoin. For sure. All right, so I have the receipt that you forwarded me
1: before this episode in preparation for it from May 30th, 2016, where you told a good friend of yours, or at least a, a friend of yours, that I don't know if he remains close in your life or Yeah, not. He, he does. Don't say his
0: name life. though, but he does
1: remain close. No, yeah, I, w- I won't say, I won't dox him like that. But he's like, if you, and this is from Adam Sides saying to his friend, if you have any cash just sitting around in the bank, then I strongly encourage you to spend a quarter of it on Bitcoin. Then do not worry about the Bitcoin during price fluctuations. Never panic in bold. And check out how much it is worth in 2020. I'm staring at this email in my inbox so I can refer to it in the future. Sorry, I say I, <laughs> what? starring it. I'm starring this email. Oh, he's starring this email in the outbox so I can refer to it in the future and either say, I told you so, or aren't you glad you did that? So he was very bullish back then, very confident back then. And just for price, uh, for people listening, price in May of 2016 was 666, so $666. Price in May of 2020 was $9,671. Price as of today is fifty somewhere around fifty seven thousand dollars? So a price appreciation from that time of six hundred and sixty six dollars to around fifty seven dollars. Wasn't I? A,
0: wasn't I a good friend? I I, I told my friend. I mean, again, I just found this email, so I starred it, but I never checked my old starred sent emails until the other day. So I didn't check it in twenty twenty. I didn't check it until twenty twenty one, and I was like, oh my god! So I, yeah, I told him so. I, that, it said either going to say I told you so or aren't, you know, aren't I, you I glad I, aren't I glad I told you to do it. Yeah. yeah I, I'm and, well, anyway, he never, he never did it. He does own, um, he, he owns some now a little bit. Um, but no, he didn't, he didn't do it, but he's my friend still. And he doesn't, he's not bitter about it or anything like that. He, not at all. not awesome. at all. but I, I, I had told him in 2013 also, not just, I told him, I mean, I got written proof. Mate was it May the 30th, 2016 there. That email was from. Um, so yeah, uh, it's, uh, I've had a strong and yeah. I, and I wasn't just, a. I wasn't just talking the talk. I obviously converted more than a quarter of my money to uh, to Bitcoin. I had already done that at, at that point. So, uh, yeah, whatever. It's uh, that's life. Um, but no regrets. Uh, you, you you can still get get it now. But I, I am proud of the fact that I've been telling people to get hardcore into Bitcoin for years and years and years. I mean to a, to a point I was telling people to get into it, but they weren't even dreaming of it. I mean, you know, we got kids now. They're like 21 years old. They're big, you know, big Bitcoin up. You know. well, how old is that now? There's like 23 or something. How, how yeah, old is he? 27, I think. Yeah, oh, okay, okay. Never mind. I mean, <laughs> there are 20, there are younger. There are some really young dudes Um, that, I mean, they were like, they might have been like teenagers, 12 years old when I was, started talking about it. But it, awesome. it, it's just, it is, you You said it best. It, treat it as a savings account. I've said that it is a newfangled savings account for this uh, golden age that we're living. And that's all I've treated it as. And I mean, study the 200, every 210,000 blocks, baby, you could subtract any moment in time, go back 210,000 blocks. It's worth more than it was then in terms of that's a 210,000 block. So today you buy it today in 210,000 blocks uh, in uh, 2025, in, uh, in August of 2025, it'll be worth more if, if the pattern uh, continues and it probably will. Yeah. And I,
1: I think uh, I'll leave on this one last quote that American Hoddle said, uh, probably back in either January or February, he said, uh, altcoiners or shitcoiners love Bitcoin too. They just love your Bitcoin. <laughs> so that's what I always think when I'm trying to buy more Bitcoin. I'm like, you know, the last thing you want to do is buy an altcoin because that, the next, what they could do right behind you is buy Bitcoin or buy what you should have bought as Bitcoin. I think that's very good advice. And uh, you know, If you don't get it, I think I suggest that you do more research because it's very important. All right. So, Adam, thank you so much. I have three more questions for wrap up kind of real quick, and then uh, I'll let you get going. I really appreciate your time. Thank you for coming on. Sure, sure, sure. So, it's a pleasure having you on. I guess uh, before you go, what's the biggest investment or business mistake you've ever made? (laughs) The beast. Investing oh, or business mistake? Oh,
0: yeah. I'll, I'll tell you. I mean, I, I invested uh, quite a, into a bar. I became a behind the scenes owner of a bar in uh, Baltimore um, before I got into Bitcoin. <laughs> it was uh, right before I got into Bitcoin. And I, I lost all the entire investment. It was just, you know, I thought it was cool. You know, I, I loved going to bars. I, I was friends with the guy and everything. Um, that, was, that was a big one. Um, and I would advise people. Um, And I know something other people say, which I could have, if I hadn't made that mistake, I probably would have invested, you know, in a friend's Bitcoin business or something like that. There were a lot of OGs like me who invested instead of just holding on to their Bitcoin, they gave half their Bitcoin to their buddy who was going to make Bitcoin the biggest thing in Africa. You know, so some, I mean, that was, that was big in 2013 and 14, like starting Bitcoin businesses in Africa or something like that. And and then people gave up half their Bitcoin. Uh, and, uh, that was really bad. So I, I, I myself lucky, but I didn't give up any Bitcoin for that business, but I did, I gave up some, I gave up some fiat that I eventually could have spent on Bitcoin, but it's, it still worked out. So definitely investing in a bar. Um, do not invest in bars. People do not, they are um, very, especially now. The margins are
1: insane. Like so paper thin and especially with everything yeah. going on. You have
0: to be, Do I mean, if you want to run a successful bar, you got to be like selling illegal cigarettes or out there be involved in drugs or be involved with underage people, letting nineteen years olds in. It's it's sad. It's 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 sad because of the regulation. The regulation destroys the the profit margin completely. It's it's, it's
1: horrible. And you know that that's the thing that's so sad. It's like we're seeing the the. I, I don't want to say the collapse, because I really do think this, this show is going to go on for a much longer than people expect. But it's like, just with mo- money collapsing, people have to do irrational things or unrealistic things to try and make ends meet. And like exactly like you said, do things that could be conceived as immoral, basically, because of regulation and all of that. Uh, I guess, next question, what's your favorite book, podcast, YouTube channel, or website that you like to go to for information? Not yours. I'll let you pitch that at the end.
0: So. Well, this is the I, thing. I want to. I, I want to tell you. I want to take a little bit of different approach because uh, what I would say for the best information is that the people that I have on my show, I go to their Twitter feeds. Uh, you know, or people that have been on my show in the past, like Nick Carter, uh, Todd Meester. You know, there are all these people that I constantly. But I treat. I I treat their Twitter feeds. There are a bunch of people: Ben Linham, uh, Tom um Not. I don't. And I don't agree with all these people all the time either. I treat their Twitter feeds like web pages. So I try to visit them at Matt O'Dell's. I try to visit them, you know, almost every day. So treat some of the smart people's in, in the space. Treat treat their Twitter feeds as web pages and read them, okay? As web pages. Don't try to like argue with people on Twitter. That that's right. So if you find a smart person on Twitter, go. Don't let it be fed to you by Twitter because you're an algorithm slave. If I never check my feed, I just use Twitter as web pages. But. Um, that's that's I, smart. I like that. Yeah, but, but another thing that I like to do, uh, there are people that I listen to and read that aren't the biggest fans of Bitcoin, and I want to talk about them a little bit. I mean, Yaron Brook is a guy who's an object objectivist, object, you know, uh, Ayn Rand. He doesn't like Bitcoin that much, but he's a smart guy. He's gotten me into like the freedom aspect of life a lot more and opened my mind more uh, conceptually to private property, the importance of private property. Uh, the importance of individualism and uh, the, the horrible uh, aspects of being part of a cult or, 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 or what's a, tribalism. Yaron Brooke is a great guy, but he, at the same time, he's very naive about Bitcoin and, and it just. It gives you a very interesting perspective. Carl Deniger, at Market Ticker, he talks, I, I don't know if you know, he, you might know him. A lot of people know him. He can get on the doom thing, side of things sometimes, and he's been predicting the end for a while, but he's somewhat positive. He hates Bitcoin, but he's a smart guy. So, so, so you so you learn from him. So those are, those are financial guys that don't have anything really to do with Bitcoin, but I, I um, I like I like going to their sites and I just I just want to show people out there that you know you can you don't have to just do Bitcoin stuff all day but I do read a lot of Bitcoin stuff and it is basically treating the Bitcoin Twitter people as web pages the, the, the main ones and there's all and I could go again you go to my you go to techbalt.com, T E C H B A L T.com. You can see every This Week in Bitcoin show I've ever had, and thus every This Week in Bitcoin guest I've ever had. And thus, if you actually click on the notes below the show, which so few people do, and click on their, um, their, their Twitters, you'll, you'll see it. That's another thing that I advise people. Just don't, you know, there's so many people that love that they think, oh man, I just listened to the most complicated technical Bitcoin podcast ever. Do you actually understand it? No, is usually the question. Try to understand what you're watching and try to interact with it. And if there's a guest on there, then go to the guest page. Go Google the guest. Usually the link below is, there'll be links below on the YouTube. that I always provide the links, okay? Click on the links below. You know, it, it's do your homework afterwards. After the class, do your homework. So few people do that. So few people just think they're smarter because they sort of paid attention to something they didn't really understand. Um, make sure you're understanding it. You know what? You're you're completely wasting your time if you're a non-technical person and you're learning like some uh, weird technical aspects of lightning that you don't, you don't get. Um, It's better just to like, um, you know, click on some links uh, of people that you do understand and learn more from them.
1: Yeah. Once again, Adam, thank you so much for your time. If someone wants to learn more about you or your businesses or your business ventures, where would they go to find out more?
0: Yeah, just uh, disruptmeister.com. You can watch all 2,000 of my YouTube videos I've been involved in. Go to Twitter, T-E-C-H-B-A-L-T. I'm tweeting out all sorts of stuff all day. It's not just Bitcoin. It's it's uh, current events, freedom, uh, you know, because that, that's another thing that this I, it's – there's been some trying times for people. But for me, it's been a freaking awesome one and a half years and it's just shown me that I can walk the walk – and I I can stand for what I've always stood for, being a unique beast. I don't have to fit into what the party line is saying, and that is what you will get from me on my YouTube channel, on my Twitter feed, on everything. Google Adam Meister. If you're a 20 percenter, you're going to be able to find me. Uh, If you're an 80 -er, percenter, you're just picking your nose and not going to find me, and you don't deserve to find me. So anyway, (laughs) it's been a great time. We, we really had a great, great. Show yeah, we, we did a good hour and a half,
1: it seems, or an yeah. hour and 15. So Adam, thank you for ha- coming on the show. It's been a pleasure. As always, everyone, you can go to the amateurinvestors.com or amateurinvestors.squarespace.com. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, you name it. Have a good one, everyone. Catch you later.
0: All righty. Awesome.